0: Good morning. It is so good to be back with you today. And I'm really excited as we are finishing up this series, Things Jesus Never Said. But I have two things before I begin our whole message. Uh, first, I just want to continue to echo what's been shared in our service. Mom's Happy Mother's Day Day. Uh, you are just extraordinary and amazing, and we love you. Uh, and so so moms, enjoy and celebrate this day, but know, too, that it's not just a day we're grateful for you. We are grateful for you all the time. And then second, I got to just say to uh, two people that are near and dear to me, uh, Amanda and Josiah, congratulations. We are so excited to see uh, as God works through your marriage and uh, wish we could be there with you. But we are celebrating with you and we'll, we'll continue to do that. And so we're excited for you. Congratulations and blessings to you guys. Hey, listen, today we continue this series, Things Jesus Never Said. And today it's that your best life is Now. Now you might be saying I don't think I've ever really thought about that but I actually want to think that you did. I want to share that I believe that we kind of act like this. We kind of think that when we become a Christian that life's supposed to be so great, right? I mean, you've heard this. You've heard this when someone would say you know I just don't understand why these bad things are happening to me. I'm a pretty good person. We we hear this when we think about, God, why would I lose my job right now? Like I'm faithful, I do everything you ask me to do. Why why is this happening to me? I'll never forget when a person who came to me and she sat down and she was in my office and she said to me, Pastor Greg, I just was diagnosed with cancer. And then the next words that were out of her mouth was, I don't understand. I know I'm not a perfect Christian, but I try. So why is this happening to me? I think we get this kind of belief that When we become a disciple, when we become a follower of Jesus, life is supposed to get easier. And I think the the mindset really is this, and it makes sense, right? Well, if God is God and he's this amazing God and he loves me and and I'm a follower of him and I love him, he's going to make sure nothing bad happens to me. He's going to give me my best life right now. It should be smooth sailing, But Jesus never said that. Matter of fact, it's quite the contrary. And the reality, actually, too, is that our minds are incapable of really wrapping, comprehending, and understanding what Jesus did say. You know, I I think about this, that that our experience exposes our expectations. Our experience exposes our expectations. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, I remember, and and moms, uh, you can harken back to this moment as well with me today. I remember when I became a parent, when my wife became a mother, And I remember when we held our daughter for the very first time. And all of a sudden, I understood love, I felt love, I experienced love in a way that I had never been able to comprehend. I understood now my parents sacrificing I understood as now what it meant to to look at this child and say, I'll do anything for this child. I understood my parents a whole lot more now as a parent myself because that experience is within me. And I think when we think about the words of Jesus and we think about what it is to be a Christian, I think that we only understand this life now. And we only understand this life now because we live this life now. And so it's hard for us to comprehend how can the best be yet to come because we don't know what that yet to come looks like. But here's the truth. Here's what Jesus did say. He did say that as a Christian, as we step into this life as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that actually this life will be hard. That as a Christian, it will be difficult because we're actually living in a spiritual battle. There is a battle that is on, that is in our midst, that is every day, every moment, and that is that battle of good versus evil. That is that battle where it is really over you. It is over your soul. Jesus desires for eternal life with you and desires for you to inherit all of the kingdom of heaven all of the new heavens and the new earth all of the splendor and the grandeur and the glory of all that is God's he wants you to have that he wants you to be in his presence glorifying and praising his name and Satan wants your soul as well Satan wants you to be as miserable as he is. Satan wants you to not have what God desires because he wants to hurt God and he hates you. And so there is a spiritual battle going on and you are the target of that battle. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And you know who he's looking for? He's looking for you as a Jesus person. He's looking for those who are living Jesus life. He's looking for those who are on the other side, who are inheritors of what God has planned and given through his victory. So there's a few spots, and I always, I always kind of talk about it as targets. There are things that happen in our lives where they become targets for Satan, where you and I become a target for Satan, where he ramp, ramps up his attacks on you. And the first is, is it our baptism? When we become a baptized believer, Satan's antenna is raised. He knows that God has called, claimed, and named, and made you his own. And so at our baptism, that target is there. And here's what baptism is. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward transformation. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward transformation. I remember talking to a guy who was at a baseball game uh, about a year ago now, almost a year ago now, and um, we were there and we were at the game and it was a person who I didn't know and, and he came up to me and he said, you're Pastor Greg, right? And I said, I am. And uh, he said, oh my gosh. He said, uh, my girlfriend, uh, whose family we were with at the game, he said, my girlfriend, she just talks about you and, and do, you, do you have a few moments? And I said, man, I'm at a ball game. I got all the time in the world. And he said, I want to tell you a little bit about my story. And he said, I've spent the last 18 months in jail for a crime I did not commit. And I said, Oh my goodness. I said, How does that make you feel? I said, You've got to be pretty angry. And he goes, I'm not angry, I'm thankful. And I said, Wait a minute. You're thankful that you were in jail for a crime you didn't commit? And he said, "I am." He said, "Because one day, while I was sitting there and being angry and being upset, he said, the guy came by with the books, and he looked at me and he said, "Do you want a book?" And I said, "No, I don't want a book." And he said, "Well, you need this book." And he threw a Bible into my cell." And he said, "I had all the time in the world. And so I just started reading the Bible. And he said, "I read it cover to cover. He said, it was there that I found and I got to meet Jesus for the first time. He said, I was baptized in prison. He said, so I'm thankful because I get to know Jesus. And I said, man, that is awesome. And I said, how's it been being out and getting around? he goes, you know, life's really hard. And he goes, but I'm getting through it, and I'm getting through it with Jesus every day. When we're baptized, Satan puts a target on us because we are now his enemy. And another time where Satan looks to come after us is when we begin to make a public declaration of our faith. When we, when we start to say, yes, Jesus, and, and what, what I say is this, this happens when we start to say, you know what, I'm no longer gonna be a fan of Jesus, but now I'm gonna be in the game with Jesus. This is when faith becomes our life. This is when Jesus becomes incorporated into our daily decisions our daily living. This is when we publicly tell people, yes, I am a Christian. I am a disciple of Christ. I am a follower of Jesus. This is when we begin to say, you know what? God is the most important person in my life, and I will live for him today. When we make those public affirmations of faith, that's when again, Satan's antenna is raised. And that's where he comes after us. In those public affirmations of faith, it's when we start to see the attacks from people we would never guess. We start to see that not only do we have to make a decision, but that that decision means that there's a change in our life and that that change sometimes comes with consequences, that we never would have thought would have happened. You see, in our public declaration for Jesus, Satan puts another target on our back. Another area where Satan raises his antenna against us in our lives, in this life, is in marriage. You know, marriage is this wonderful gift. Matter of fact, it's a gift from God. And God's given us to marriage to be living examples of his love. Matter of fact, we see that marriage is described in the scriptures as our faith testimony with Jesus. We, as the church, are the very bride of Christ. That is the imagery that is given and portrayed, that there is this marriage between God and between us. And since marriage is this beautiful image that is of God's love for his bride and our love for our God, Satan wants nothing more than to destroy every single Christian marriage. And Satan works hard on Christian marriages. The divorce rate between secular marriages and Christian marriages, you would think would be different. You would think that secular marriages would have a higher divorce rate They don't. They're the same. And they're the same because Christian marriages are under great spiritual attack. Satan is looking for a foothold to get into any Christian marriage. And it just begins with pebbles. It just begins with a a small chipping away. And that's why we're we're, we're continued to be encouraged in our marriages. In Ephesians 5 33, each one of you husbands must love his wife as he loves himself. And wives, respect your husbands. There's a reason why Paul points out the two differences, because wives need love. Husbands, love your wives. Men, husbands need respect. Wives, respect your husbands. And I think what's so interesting here is respect is something that's actually easy for men to give and it's actually difficult for most women to give. Women, it's easy for them to give love. And love is hard for men to give. And so Paul encourages us to do what the other needs. And if we're being honest with ourselves, if you're married today, you know this. Marriage is hard. And it's difficult because Satan is on the attack. And so that moment of marriage, that moment of the I I do's, that moment of you may now kiss your bride, is a moment where Satan begins his attack, where his target grows. Because remember, Satan's entire goal is for us to lose our faith, for us to leave the life with Jesus and say, you know what, this life just isn't worth it. And if Satan can't get at you, he'll go after those next to you. He'll go after your children and your grandchildren. He'll go after your siblings. He'll go after those who you love most. Who go after your spouse? One of my cousins was raised in a very faithful family. They were in church every weekend, they lived obedient lives for Jesus. They prayed every meal. Church was the center of who they are. And I remember as my cousin got older, he began to experiment with drugs, with alcohol, and he turned away from the faith. At points in time, he was homeless. And he became very angry. And to this very day, through his experiences in jail and rough times and life, he wants nothing to do with God. And the hurt and the heartache that, that causes his parents, our family, is one that rips at our very souls. I remember talking to a seminary professor once and we said, what, what is the greatest fear that you have, especially when we were talking about fear as Christians? And as a parent, I understand now what he said. He said, my greatest fear is that my children won't know Jesus. He said, and thus I know they're at a great attack by Satan. My greatest fear as a parent is that my kids won't know Jesus, or my grandkids won't know Jesus. When Satan can't get at us, he begins to put a target on those around us in order to get us to give up love on him and that attack continues to grow. You see, the truth is Jesus never said that the best life is now. Matter of fact, he prepared us as disciples to know that there's going to be a battle and that this life will be hard. Matter of fact, we know that because think about this. We have a God who suffered, who had a hard life, who lived on this earth and his final three years were filled with being driven out of cities, with attacks and hatred. And yet our God was the God who was healing the blind, was raising the dead, was casting out demons and healing lepers, and opening the gates of heaven to everybody. And yet he suffered. Because he knew and was showing to us that the best life isn't about now, but it's about the life that is yet to come. And that's why Paul writes uh, writes to the Hebrews. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders our faith and that the sin that is so easily entangles us And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, that word perseverance means that we will get through this. When I read this scripture and I read about our life now and, and that we will persevere and that there is a race that is marked out for us, It reminds me of the words of Max Licato, who wrote these words saying, for the Christian, this life is the closest we will ever get to experiencing hell. For the Christian, this life is the closest that we will ever get to experiencing hell. For the unbeliever, this life is the closest they'll ever get to experiencing heaven. You see, we have people that God has surrounded us with, those great cloud of witnesses, to encourage us to continue to see what is set before us. That it's not about a best life today, it's about a better life tomorrow that the best is yet to come. James writes, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord promised to those who love him. So we walk around this life with targets on us. We walk with a target, and Satan is flinging arrows at us constantly, daily. And sometimes they hit us, and they hurt us, but they do not overtake us because we are focused on the truth of the victory of Jesus Christ, that the best is yet to come. Glory be to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen.